So I think we just need to kind of not linger and ramble, which we're pretty good at, I think. Lingering and rambling? No, no, we're very concise, I think, Kyle. Oh. You disagree? One of us is pretty concise, I think. Howdy, everyone. This is Saturday, December 3rd, 2016, and this is episode 30 of Do For A Win, the Atlantic City and Casino Biz podcast. I'm Kyle Askin, and joined, as always, by Craig Stone. What's up, Craig? Uh, ready to talk about a whole lot of, of little news stories. Yeah. No no takeover news, though. Yeah, so p- people don't have to worry. We're not going to talk about the takeover, but there is a whole bunch of stuff that's happening. But just before we get into that, Episode 30, does that, does that mean anything? I know we've talked about episode 25 and episode 26 as being somewhat special, but this is our first episode that's more than a year after we started, right? Right. So, like, if, if there was a badge for podcasting, this would be, like, our year of podcasting yeah. badge. We just got the achievement. So that's good. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think you can have a milestone every five episodes. I think that's a little much. Or three th- three milestones in five episodes. Yeah, I think you gotta you gotta wait till like fifty at this point. Well, look, I mean, is this episode or is this podcast for us or is it for our listeners? I think if we feel like we deserve a milestone every five every every couple episodes, I think we've earned it. That's a good point. Yeah, really, it's a milestone every time we get out of bed in the morning. So right, <laughs> people <laughs> should be thankful that any episodes come out. Every episode is kind of like a milestone. That's a good point. I All like right. it. Let's go with that. Let's let's get started. So it sounds like we could be getting some video lottery terminals in North Jersey, Craig. You want to talk a little bit about that? Basically, you know, obviously this referendum to expand gambling to North Jersey lost in resounding fashion. But uh, now they're trying to find workarounds in the state assembly. And a state assemblyman from Essex County... Ralph Caputo, who is a Democrat from Essex County, which includes Newark and the Oranges, has said he's trying to find some sort of backdoor way to get racinos effectively. So video lottery terminals uh, at racetracks. I think the racetracks they mentioned are the Meadowlands and Monmouth Park. So this is sort of basically a workaround that doesn't require a referendum. There's a 1982 ruling uh, from New Jersey that says that video lottery terminals do not require a referendum, so they could do this if it passes both the Senate and the Assembly and gets signed by the governor. Uh, Do you have any thoughts about adding video lottery terminals to North Jersey casinos? I mean, obviously, you don't live in North Jersey, so you wouldn't be partaking, but (laughs) uh, do you think it affects Atlantic City to add these? Probably not really, because I think people generally universally think that these are pretty terrible and i don't think anyone really likes them but maybe a little bit like maybe very marginally but i I don't i wouldn't think it really would matter right so there are already video lottery terminals um i believe at resorts world and empire city casino in yonkers in new york so there are close options so if you're concerned that it's gonna be some crushing blow because it's going to take all the new york gamblers away from Atlantic City, like, they already have this option. So I don't think that's really true. Uh, it's I think it's probably, you know, there's certainly probably, like, uned- uneducated gamblers, uh, meaning people who are not educated about gambling, <laughs> not people who do not have degrees, but uh, who, who don't really know the difference, really, between video lottery terminals um, and probably aren't going to really know... Or we'll just say, okay, I'll go to these instead of Atlantic City um, to play my slots. Uh, So, I don't know. I mean, for me, like, especially as a video poker player, like a video lottery terminal video poker machine has nothing to do with a deck of cards. So, using video poker as an example, because I think it's the best example to use, it's essentially like a slot machine where your win is predetermined before you do anything. So, your choices don't make any difference at all if the machine decides you're going to get a royal flush and you keep a hand that makes it impossible for you to get a royal flush you're getting a royal flush anyway so usually like a wizard or a fairy comes down and waves their wand and gives you a royal flush even if it's impossible 
So I think that's the way to, to look at it. And usually the payouts on on these kind of electronic pool tab machines aren't particularly good. Yeah, so like New Orleans has video lottery terminal video poker all over the place. Uh, and before I knew better, I was like, sweet, video poker everywhere. Like, I'll play some video poker, but it's it's really not good. Um, slots, so the slots are basically the same, right? Like, it's a random num- number generator from what I, my brief research here. <laughs> uh, but typically, I think these sort of racinos have worse payouts just because they do. I don't know. I don't think there's any sort of, like, legislative reason or anything that they do, but... Um, maybe that's just me talking out of my ass and I don't actually know what I'm talking about, but I really just don't have very much interest in going and playing someplace that has just slot machines and fake video poker and no table games. So for me, and I expect for a lot of other people, this isn't going to move the needle. It may help the racetracks a little, but. Right. And I, I concur with that assessment. I mean, I think that there will be some people who go there and uh, to play the slot machines, but I wouldn't expect this to have a big impact on Atlantic City. And for me personally, I mean, Delta Bingo, which is right down the street from my house, has these kind of electronic pull tab slot machines, and I never go there. So it's obviously something that doesn't interest me. Yeah, it, it sounds it sounds crappy. Uh, do you want to talk uh, about New Year's Eve concerts that are not happening? <laughs> right. So there was a. A pretty big hubbub. I think it was earlier this week where it came out that uh, as part of the deal for Atlantic City to keep Miss America, they also were going to get Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve as well, which is a reasonably big get, I guess, especially for people kind of our age and older, I think. Um, And as part of that, there was going to be you know, a couple big concerts and musical acts and stuff like that. And it came out earlier in the week that it just, it's not going to happen this year, right? Right. So if you ever watch Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve, it's basically this uh, bouncing from city to city, sort of like, now we'll show you Los Angeles and then New York and wherever else, like Miami. And so Atlantic City would have been one of those cities, probably with some big name, act and they never named who that act would be and it turns out that that's because they didn't have anyone uh the crda the casino reinvestment development authority paid 12.5 million dollars uh to keep miss america in atlantic city through 2019 this was part of the deal uh so dick clark productions runs miss america and they said they would do a new year's eve show in atlantic city every year so the reason that that was supposed to be sort of a, a coup for the CRDA and for Atlantic City was this national exposure of people saying, like, oh, Atlantic City's a party town. That's I should go there. Uh, so now they're they're not getting that part of the deal. So there's definitely some outrage, at least on Twitter, about, like, what did they pay for? Um, and it seems like kind of an overpay just to keep Miss America in Atlantic City. Uh they did say, the CRDA did say they're still hoping for next year to be able to do a concert, um, which obviously is not, that's not what the contract said, but they did say they're not pursuing any legal action or attempting to cancel the contract. I don't know if you have any opinions on, on that or on the concert or not happening or the outrage. I mean, it, it is fairly, it seems fairly outrageous for this just to happen and for the crda to be like yeah this is fine this is totally cool because like you said and, and i believe like don guardian said you know this was perhaps seen as a the more valuable part of what they got in the package deal of new year's rock and eve and miss america so you know it's not entirely clear who exactly dropped the ball whether it was dick clark and his corporation or whether it was the crda but i mean it certainly isn't isn't great for atlantic city i mean it it would have been something to at least get people into the city for new year's eve which you know honestly there's gonna be people in the city anyway but the more is always better especially for some of the like non-casino hotels and things like that so and the couple things i read about this and i'll link to a an article that was written by christian hetrick and, and nicholas huba from the press of atlantic city uh it seems like Basically, they just couldn't find a suitable performer. 
and I'm guessing, you know, Dick Clark Productions probably had some sort of veto rights, right? To say like it needs to be a big name because it's going to be on on national TV. But uh, it seems really surprising that that would be what causes this to fall through. Like the idea that you actually cannot get someone to come perform on national television and get paid uh, seems kind of weird. So I, I don't. I mean, yeah, you, you think if you're a band, this would be like a good opportunity for you to make some money, and it's a big night, and I don't know. It seems like good exposure for for a medium to high level band. So I don't know. Yeah, the only thing I can think is that the CRDA sort of made this deal with with Miss America, thinking. Well, we have to keep Miss America here, which is what I thought at the time. Like, that's what I thought of the deal at the time is that they felt like Miss America was more valuable to Atlantic City than it is to any other town, basically. Like, Las Vegas, Miss America doesn't do much for Las Vegas, but, like, there's this sense that there's an association there with Atlantic City, and so they felt like they had to make sure they kept it. I don't know that that's necessarily true in 2016, but clearly the CRDA did, and you know, arguably they showed that that is true by just sort of like meh being very meh about, uh, about this concert falling through. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I mean, for me, if it is something that is relevant, obviously given the history of it and that Atlantic city kind of started it, uh, you know, it is better if it stays, but again, I, I don't know enough about the business or about the ratings or to say what price is justified or, whether or not it really matters anymore. But hopefully if it does, it, it stays in Atlantic City. But I can't really talk about is $12.5 million ridiculous just for that if you're not getting the New Year's Eve show. I'm not sure. Yeah. Regardless, someone dropped the ball at the New Year's Eve show. It seems like that's a win for everyone involved. Yeah. Yeah. Very weird that they, they couldn't make that happen. Except maybe for Dick Clark Productions because he doesn't really want to pan to Atlantic City when they're... Showing all the other cities in the world that actually matter. <laughs> yeah, they're showing like hundreds of thousands of people in in Times right. Square, and then they pan to Atlantic City, like and it's two thousand people in Boardwalk Hall or something. <laughs> oh man, hey, Craig, the largest from what most champagne bottles popped at the same time last year, New Year's Eve. Oh yeah, at the playground. Yeah, yeah. Who can forget? Yeah. I totally forgot, actually, until you just mentioned it. So <laughs> Apparently I, you can. I can forget. Do we want to just jump straight to the playground since we've mentioned it? Yeah, let's do that. So it, it sounds like Bart Blatstein is, is hiring a leasing company to fill the empty spots, which are numerous in the playground. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, I don't know really where this is going other than that uh, Bart Blatstein, who owns the playground, well, who leases the playground from Caesars and manages it, uh, has hired Metro Commercial, which is a leasing company, to help fill all of the many empty spots in the playground. Uh, Metro Commercial has said that they plan to add retailers and restaurants. Blatstein claims that he wants to have them all 100% leased by the end of the year. So uh, I'll link to a Suzette Parmley article from the Philadelphia Inquirer. This is actually almost a couple weeks old, but do you think... Do you have any hope at all that this thing's going to be 100% leased by year's end and, you know, it's it's December. So, right. So do you think you're going to walk in on New Year's Eve, uh, you know, hypothetical you? Do you think somebody will walk in on New Year's Eve and it'll just be totally filled up or I guess not well, filled up, but every lot will be that, spoken for? What that means, because I'm sure you can say like, yeah, the whole first floor is leased. That's the actual like playground whatever part of the building and like oh it's fully leased even though it's just never open right right i mean sure yeah those so spots that, aren't available that... <laughs> there's not a yeah if you called metro commercial and said i want to you know lease the spot where bluey the trinity is the right. trinity they would tell you no i'm pretty sure maybe they wouldn't but <laughs> They probably um, wouldn't. They'd probably be like, yes, right this way, sir. Thank God. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, obviously, leased by the end of the year does not mean open by the end of the year. And right. maybe they're going to do some fancy stuff where they do, like, seasonal leasing or who knows what. But 
I w- I'm not terribly optimistic that we will ever see the the playground totally full. Um, and one of the things, actually, so AC Primetime uh, mentioned this this topic and and had a quote from or not a quote, but but mentioned that they talked to to one of the tenants at the playground who said that the parking is just a real issue there because there's no free parking. There's no parking that's really like related to the playground necessarily, so they can't even like validate anybody's parking. So it's the tenant was saying it's a major issue, uh, and the tenant said nothing's going to work until that that situation is fixed, the parking situation. So there we talked in a previous episode about Blatt, this rumor that Blatstein was looking into the Trump Plaza as a potential solution for the parking. Um, nothing's come of that, obviously, since then. I don't know if that's still in the works, but... Do you think the parking is really that much of an issue or is it just that it's one of these sort of uh, cyclical things where if you don't have tenants, people don't go, and if people don't go, you don't have tenants? Who – so does it help? Like, of course not. Like, and everything you said is true that there is nowhere to park for this if you're just a local and you just want to go to these stores. But how many locals really want to go to like Swarovski or, or whatever other stores are really in there or go to the, you know, whatever super high end stores are in the playground. Probably not too, too many. I would think it is more for kind of the tourist people who presumably are mostly already on the boardwalk. Though I guess you could make an argument that that people who are staying in Borgata might want to come over and check it out, and they can't really do that without paying Caesars ten, twenty-five, however many dollars, depending on what season it is. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it's that big of an issue, honestly, just because it is more of a kind of a tourist thing for people who are already in the area. I wouldn't think it's a it's a big draw for locals. It doesn't have locals kind of stores, you know, something like the uh the outlets and bass pro shops and everything that's kind of right outside caesars is is more what what locals are looking for but it can't it can't hurt it can't help that there's no no free parking for it yeah I, when i read that i was like this yeah that makes sense but I, I think when you scrutinize it a little more uh i think you're right it kind of falls apart and i'm not sure that the parking is that big of an issue granted i think if you'd had free parking it would help just because i think free parking on the boardwalk is so hard to come by right Uh, but people wouldn't use it for that they would just park there and go to the beach right so (laughs) i think that's a great segue into our next parking related thing (laughs) which is that resorts is offering free parking so starting uh, sometime in the fall, I couldn't really confirm when it actually started. You said that it was yep. free when you went. It was free when I, I was there. Yeah. Um, so I I noticed that starting in November, I all my emails from resorts in the corner had this yellow little triangle that said self parking free seven days a week. Uh, so I went to their website to see if that was just for certain card members or whatever. The website actually still says five dollars for premier members free for anyone higher than that and then if you're not a card member at all it's five to twenty dollars but um i did tweet back and forth with their their whatever social media team and they said they would update the site (laughs) uh so it is free for now and actually one thing that their twitter uh whoever's running their twitter did say to to us on on twitter was that right now um it's planned to run through january but there's no set sort of termination date so because my question was is this really going to run into the summer (laughs) because yeah i doubt it that seems to be setting yourself i mean i would love it but it does seem to be setting yourself up to have people coming and a people who are staying at well, there's not that much close to there now, but people who are even staying at <laughs> the showboat, the Taj, right. the Revel. But if you're staying at like Caesars, I, you know, I might be cheap enough that I'd park there and, and walk to Caesars, except not really because you're I just staying can't. at Caesars. You can get 25 tier credits and get free parking. Right. Um, but some people wouldn't. But the bigger thing is the beach. Like the reason that all the boardwalk casinos charge for parking in the summer is because people would just fill the place and, and go to the beach and never go into the casino at all. Uh, 
that doesn't explain why like Bally's charges twenty five dollars on a Saturday on in January, but I guess you take money where you can get it. <laughs> uh, so I like this a lot. I'm I'm very happy that it's free. Um, I might take advantage of it next weekend when I go, which is a little spoiler for something that we're going to talk about soon. Um, but much to resorts chagrin, I might just park there and walk down the boardwalk and then go to the outlets and leave. <laughs> so have you ever parked at resorts? Uh, I stayed there, so I must have. I do have to say the parking garage is pretty terrible. There's like 20 parking spots on each level. It's It's super awful. But, well, just something else to know is that's kind of weird is even though it's free parking, like they still have someone sitting in the booth, like, because resorts is one of the places that you pay when you go in, not when you come out. So it's like showboat was that way too. They still have someone sitting in the booth and they just basically like stare at you, like type on their computer for a little bit, like stare at you again. And then the gate goes up. What? It's pretty strange. Why? It's totally, it's pretty weird. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like, just, why are they paying someone to do this? Just have the gate open. Yeah. You should... We, I don't know. You should Maybe be it's paid. like a safety issue or something. I don't know. You should be paid to be a consultant and just say, like, hey, I can save you a lot of money. I can save you whatever, 15 bucks an hour. Yeah, Fire sure that person. Le- I'm sure it's less than that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe they're, like, taking your license plate info. Yeah. I, I assume it's for safety reasons, but uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, so, I mean, my assumption about this is that it's a push to attract locals, like to right. get, no, no, which... no. I, I think this makes a ton of sense for resorts. I mean, I think it's, it's kind of a good marketing thing. It's, you know, how many people were really paying the, you know, we're probably get a bunch of people were probably getting that comp anyway, uh, you know, and getting more people in more than makes up for the $5 or whatever they're losing to a person. Right. I mean, like, I th- if I were if I were them, I'd be like every October through March, free parking. You know, none of these casinos are, except for Borgata, are making so much money in the off season that they should be charging for parking. Um, no. And and really, it's just it's a disincentive. It makes people not want to go. Right. And so, you know, I I like it. I think especially at resorts where they have some other programs about trying to attract locals, it makes a ton of sense. Um, I think the sort of clientele that they're trying to attract is going to be attracted by free parking. So, yeah, I think I think it's good. So, should we talk about ten Glen Straub? Yeah, lawsuits. Suing. Yeah, so Glen Straub is suing the uh, Casino Control Commission, which I feel like I'm surprised he hasn't done already. But uh, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So basically, he has filed for the uh permit to run a casino so he's filed for the casino license he has also filed some sort of motion to say we we don't need a license so he has these two sort of applications in and he said all along that he shouldn't need a casino license because he said that he is just a landlord Someone else is going to be running the casino. It doesn't make any sense if he's going to be completely hands-off that he would have to have a casino license from the state. Uh, This lawsuit, which is uh, mentioned in a Wayne Perry Associated Press article that I'll link to, uh, it talks – mentions his lawyer. So the the Straub's attorney says, instead of creating roadblock after roadblock, the agency should be doing everything in its power to facilitate getting this casino opened. Doing business here should not be this hard. Uh, I don't know. I think he sort of has a case, although I, you know, New Jersey is notoriously strict on their casino licenses, so I can't imagine that they just say, like, sure, you actually don't need one. Uh, Poker Stars, I think it was, um, wanted right, to. Right, when they were trying to buy the Atlantic Club. Right, and, and they faced similar situations, um, basically had trouble locking down a casino license uh, or it looked like they were going to have a lot of trouble and, and right. that whole deal sort of fell apart. So, Right. And I mean, the, the the alternatives there for, for New Jersey were poker stores buys it and it stays open or it closes and everyone loses their job. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I agree that it's a big roadblock and if, you know, 
Hard Rock, as we talked about last episode, as a potential partner, or even Ten, who's who's a separate entity, I guess, um, is managing this casino. If they have a casino license, like why does Polo North need a casino license? I can see where he's coming from. Right. I mean, that makes some level of sense, I think. But on the other hand, I mean, whatever the rules are, are the rules. And if it says that the owner of the building has to have a casino license, then I presume he has to have a casino license. And and so I think it's good to look at sort of what the legislation intends to do, because a lot of times I think the rule, the sort of letter of the law ignores the intention, you know, like it's, you know, you sort of forget about the spirit of, of the original legislation and the legislation for this is very like very clearly intended to keep like shady characters, if you will, out of the gambling industry in Atlantic City. I mean, we saw, we, I say we saw before we were alive, or very earlier in our lives, <laughs> that like Caesars had to like boot a couple of its executives to get a permanent casino license. Uh, right. I think there's... MGM has had all kinds of awful problems in in Atlantic City and New Jersey. Right, because of because of dealings that they've done in, elsewhere. Yeah, around the world. And and so if the argument is we want to keep shady characters out, like the idea that you're going to bring in someone who owns the place, right? <laughs> who owns the place where a casino is and they could be doing all sorts of sort like unregulated stuff, unmonitored, not have to go through this whole investigation to get a casino license. And then they're going to be a huge beneficiary or contracting out the the space to have a casino you know, to take that to the extreme of sort of like Boardwalk Empire or like Vegas, the short-lived series. Um, basically, the idea is like, well, if we don't investigate you, you could just be like skimming off the top and giving to your mob ties back in Chicago or whatever. I mean, this is a total like TV show hypothetical, but it makes sense in New Jersey's mind to do this. So I understand where Shrab's coming from. I understand where the state's coming from. I can't imagine they'll budge. But it seems to me no, that... Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that the state is going to apply whatever they think the correct ruling according to what the law says to this case. And, you know, I don't think anything's really going to come of this, but, but we'll kind of have to wait and see. I mean, one thing that did make me laugh is... In the article, his lawyer's kind of talking about how much, how many, you know, all the time and the millions of dollars that Glenn Straub has poured into making Atlantic City great again, which is actually his exact quote. Yes. And it just made me think, like, has, like, what has Glenn Straub actually done that has borne fruit to make Atlantic City great again? Nothing. Nothing really yet, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, his biggest, the biggest thing he's done has been getting... The electric He's company. united the Revel and the power company. Yes, yeah. that's, that's his greatest achievement so far, right? Which is great for him and for yes. the entity if he ever hopes to sell it. But as far as Atlantic City is concerned, it doesn't do a whole lot. I mean, I guess you could make a sub argument that very long term, like that's a good thing. I don't know; it's a stretch. Uh, he, I mean, yeah. Even 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 Bart Blatstein has kind of opened the ho hotel back up again, as terrible as it is. <laughs> Uh, yeah. He's done some stuff in the playground. Yeah. Uh, Maybe. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, he's certainly done more that has opened, and he's there. Whether that's whether that's <laughs> yeah. great again or not, I don't know. Um, it'll it'll be interesting to see what what happens with those two over the next couple of years, because so far in their ten years in Atlantic City, not a whole lot has seemed to come out of it. Yeah, and I keep having this. I mean, my cynical sort of asshole nature coming through again. Uh, I sort of have this sense in the back of my head anytime I read something about either of them that they are just here to hoard land until hopefully something comes along that lifts up everything in Atlantic City and then they can cash out. But that's a very cynical view. Maybe that's totally wrong. Please, please prove me wrong, both Bart Blatstein and, and Glenn Straub. Be the rising tide that lifts all all ships. But um, I, I think Glenn Straub is is honestly trying. I mean, I think that 
he certainly has plenty of ideas and you know he's he's done some work to the revel you know whatever with the ropes course and the bike racing thing he's done or like whatever i mean the ropes course is there i have seen it so it exists it exists yeah i mean i don't know whether that's the best idea but at least he's doing something unlike he's doing something uh so we should get into other casino executives at much 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 more successful properties yeah <laughs> old jimbo jimbo jim Murin. yeah so it, it sounds like he has kind of mentioned at a, a press conference about the MGM National Harbor, which is opening right down the street from me on Tuesday, I believe. Wednesday? Thursday. Hmm. Thursday. December 8th. Although there's so, rumors is, that it's is, already soft opened. Yes. No, it, it has already soft opened. I believe it opened last Thursday for its soft opening. Like a couple of nights ago. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This, this, yeah. A couple nights ago. Thursday, December 1st, I believe, was its soft opening. The likes of me were certainly not invited, but I'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that, even though it's not directly tangential to the point of our podcast. But since it's right down the street for me, I'm sure I'll check it out sometime in the next couple of weeks, I would think. Yeah, my brother so, already has a reservation. Yeah, you told me in January. Yeah, so I'm interested to hear his review. I'm sure we'll talk about it on the podcast. Uh, now he's not going to send me anything because I've said that we're going to talk about it, but right. he's going to be very mum on the subject. I, I certainly would not stay there, but why not? I will visit. Why would I stay something like at a place that's 20 minutes away from my house? He, he's staying. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> get that babysitting, go, go stay, do a little staycation, play some craps. Uh, yeah, that's true. So in this conference, so this this press conference was vastly more about MGM National Harbor. I mean, it was at the National Press Club in Washington, D.C., very clearly to talk about National Harbor. Uh, but uh, the Bergen Record posted a sort of partial transcript about this, and there were a couple mentions of Atlantic City, so that's why... They did post it, uh, John Brennan from the Bergen Record. And one of the things that he mentioned is sort of hinting at expanding Borgata and, and this this expansive space that the Borgata owns around their property that they're not making much use of. And so Murren said, we have by far the highest quality resort here. I don't think you can really argue that. <laughs> nope. Uh, so we're going to grow our business. MGM owns dozens of acres all around Borgata. We're going to look to continue to work with the state and city. Uh, Which is true. MGM has owned lots and lots of land right around there for a long time because they were supposed to build a mega, mega, mega resort in, in the marina. In 2008 or whatever it was, right? right? Like right in the middle of the downturn. So that, that got canceled. Right. Uh, so, you know, this is sort of a hint that they might expand. This is not to me saying a whole lot. Like there's just like what is here other than hinting like we own all this stuff. Hey, it's interesting to think about. I mean, it's it's good to know that he said that, like, hey, we have this land around Borgata. It's the, already the best place. Like, something could be happening. But, I mean, there's just no point in speculating now because we have no idea what this thing could be that could be happening or could not. Right. And so just from this quote, to me, it's just kind of, you know, not getting too much into, like, CEO speak or, or Jimbo speak specifically. Like, it kind of says to me... Like, this is just a throwaway comment. Like, this is him just saying, like, well, we do own this land. We could do something if we want to. We could not. So, I, uh, yeah, I don't think there's anywhere to go with that. But cool. we do have Thanks another. Thanks for putting it in the show notes, Craig. You're welcome. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's good to mention. Uh, uh, it's good to know. It's good, it's good to, to have in the back of your mind. So we also have another Borgata topic, which is that there is a rumor uh, that Linda in the Facebook group mentioned uh, that she talked to a security guard at Borgata who said that they are planning or potentially planning to go smoke-free at Borgata. So uh, there's some discussion about, you know, obviously the Revel connection where Revel was totally smoke-free even in the casino. Um, in Las Vegas, MGM Hotels went smoke-free in 2015, late in 2015, so about a year ago. Everywhere except the casino. So you can still smoke in the casino. You just can't smoke in the rooms. I don't think that's that uncommon in Vegas now. Um, so 
I don't know. Do you think is your what are the odds that this is actually like fully smoke free like Revel, or is this similar going to be just like the similar path that they've done in Vegas? I, I would think they're incredibly low of making the casino smoke free. So there's been a bunch of discussion on the Facebook group tonight about it since this came up, and I think that having a non-smoking casino somewhere in Atlantic City might make some sense. I mean, it's it's an angle that you can try to, you know, play if you're a casino and that's kind of like some way you think you might be able to get business, but you don't do that if you're the Borgata. They're the biggest, they're the best, there's no reason for them to kind of like rock the boat like that. I imagine if this happens, this is just going to be the rooms, which is what MGM does in Vegas. So... You know, knowing what I know about MGM, which is, you know, profit growth plan, charge for parking, take the video poker pay tables down to shit, uh, resort fees out the wazoo, like, the reason to go smoke-free for them is that it's cheaper to clean the rooms, right? Like, (laughs) it's just cheaper and easier to deal with, I would think. Like, they've done the math and figured out it's a cheaper way to to run the casino. Right, and I I think that Vegas Tripping or or Vegas Gang or one of those podcasts talked a lot about this kind of six months ago. When the news first came out that MGM went completely smoke-free in their hotel rooms, and I think it was some common. They concluded that it was some combination of that, and also that, uh, you know, the two hundred or three hundred dollars smoking fee was somehow you know one of the reasons that MGM would do this. If they think you smoked in their room, they basically charge you this multi-hundred dollar fee. Which I don't know if I'm quite that cynical about it all, but it's certainly possible. So I was going to say, if you think I am cynical about Atlantic City-related things, yeah. listen to Vegas Tripping and their take on MGM's decisions, and it's right. like to like to the nth degree. So yeah, they definitely Chuck uh, Monster from from Vegas Tripping definitely said that he thinks this is for so they can make that fee money. So they can make that fee money, and I think that there might be something to that. I mean, I think people who smoke are going to say, screw it, I'm going to smoke anyway. Right, I'm and, not going to go 10 minutes to get outside the building to smoke, and then... Right, like, I'll just risk it, right? Like, maybe I won't right. get a fee, maybe I will, so... Or, like, I don't want to go down and smoke in the casino in my pajamas. Right, and part of that, and, and part of the thing that plays into that cynicism is, you know, how clear is it that there is a fee, right? Like, you know, I mean, obviously you know that it's a no-smoking room, but how how clear is it in whatever that you when you sign up for the room that if you smoke it's going to be 150 or 200 bucks so you know if they make it really obscure and it's really unclear and it's in the small print then then yeah i think there's reason to be cynical but i mean for me as a non-smoker like this doesn't affect me at all and you know i i've never stayed at borgata so it probably doesn't really affect me anyway Uh, but it's 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 an interesting thing to to follow. I expect I can't imagine it's it's going to be in the casino. I mean, when I first saw it, I was excited because the video po- the full pay video poker machines that are over by the casino cage are in the smoking section, and that's where I sit all the time. And so whenever I leave Borgata, even though it's not a particularly smoky casino, my clothes are just covered in smoke. Versus like Caesars, I can go and play, and I don't really have that problem. Um, you know, Bally's and Golden Nugget, the ceilings are low enough that it, you just can't escape it, even though uh, the, the smoking sections are only a portion of the casino. But yeah, Borgata, I just sort of end up in smoking sections a lot. And so I would love it if they would at least move those machines out of the smoking section. But it's not going to, I can't imagine that it's going to be a no smoking casino like Rebel was. Right. And, and you know, Rebel's decision, I think, was like universally ride it as just an awful decision and like i said i don't think that there's no room for that i think it could make sense for there to be a casino which is no smoking but it would probably be a very small one like golden nugget or resorts or something like that or bally's maybe i mean to Um, me it wouldn't be any of those it would be like some boutique casino like say the chelsea finally opened a casino and they right or a brand new casino or or the claridge opens a casino back up again or something Right, which they have a deed restriction, I think. but Which they can't, right? Um, right. Or Atlantic Club, which they can't. Uh, poor Atlantic Or Club. the showboat, which who knows? <laughs> yeah, oh, geez. Uh, so from, do you want to move from smoking to drinking, which is more our yeah. our, vice more in our of choice? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, so it sounds like Atlantic City is going to be getting a distillery 
in the inlet. Yeah, it seems like it's pretty much already happened. I mean, it's they posted a picture today on Twitter that they are there, and they made some sort of comment snarking Revel about, like, Revel needs to open. Um, <laughs> I didn't quite get it. Like, they mentioned something about, like, 10, or is it 2? And I don't, I don't know. Do you get that? I, I don't get it. Uh, no, I don't get it. But they said they're already brewing or already distilling. It's not really mm-hmm. brewing, I guess. Uh, so this is a company called Little, Little Water Distillery. They are opening a distilling plant and a tasting room in the Northeast Inlet. Uh, it's actually going to open to the public in 2017, but they've already got a product, uh, white cap whiskey on shelves in a couple of area liquor stores that actually started today. So Kyle, would you go to the distillery in Atlantic city? Like, would you leave the table? Would you leave the pie gout tiles table? And go taste some whiskey at the Little uh, Water Distillery. Maybe. It's possible. If it was a brewery, the answer would be yes, I think, for sure. For a distillery, I mean, I just drink more beer than, than whiskey, but I'd consider it. Uh, so I've never been to a distillery, actually. Me, me either. And I'm sitting here drinking bourbon as we speak. And so it does sound interesting to me. Like, I would like to go try it. So I would definitely go out of my way to check it out. Um, But I'm totally with you that if it was a brewery, I would 100% go out of my way. I know tons of people who would go out of their way. To the point that I was even thinking, like, if you were trying to figure out some angle to open a casino to draw people who were going to Philadelphia casinos or not making the trip to AC, like, what is an angle to take? And I really think one of the angles is sort of this brewery idea. I mean, a couple of the casinos in Vegas do it where they've got a brewery on site and they've got cheap beer that's brewed in-house. So I don't know. Like, to me, the the one distillery doesn't necessarily move the needle. I would love it if this is the start of a trend, like if this is really successful and people say, hey, let's do this again. Let's open a brewery. So – you know, I think AC needs more of this. I think it's good. I don't. Do you think? Do you think it moves the needle? I mean, do you think this is sort of the setting the stage for more of this? I mean, I hope so. I mean, at least it's good that something is opening in this part of the inlet. It's like Tony Baloney's might not be completely alone now, <laughs> but uh, yeah. I mean, it, it certainly can't hurt. Yeah, I mean, my so my thing about the breweries, not to harp on this forever, is that there's such a culture about going on brewery tours, and their brewery, like Union Brewery in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've done that tour two or three times. Right, it's not close to anything. No, it's in the middle of nowhere. Right, and well, it's that's not actually true. It is close to some stuff, but it's it's not close to like downtown or anything like that. Right, like there's like we had to go out of our way to go there, but we went there. Right. Mm-hmm. So like there is the beer culture is so huge. I think the whiskey culture is, if not there already, it is getting there. So I, I, I do think that's cool. Like I would definitely go. So yeah, I'd go. Yeah. So hopefully this is hugely successful. Hopefully even up in Hoboken, I'm seeing little water distillery whiskey soon. I'm sure just based on what I know of local whiskey, it will be out of my price range, but <laughs> maybe not. We'll see. <laughs> Uh, so moving on, we have one sort of topic that we can discuss that's not really news in like that it's not going to end up in the press of Atlantic City, although maybe right. it should, which is that I should. am going to Atlantic City next weekend, which I'm a little, for now. I'm a little, <laughs> for now, right? I'm a little reluctant to even mention it because I feel like I'm jinxing it. I've already had to edit out of a previous episode, our talk about my plans to go to Atlantic City, not not next weekend, but in January, because we had to cancel that because of family obligations. Uh, so this trip looked doomed to fail until we secured some last-minute babysitting. Um, so basically, uh, My Vegas added some Borgata Awards, and I saw that Human Nature, which is a show or a band that normally plays at the Venetian in Las Vegas, uh, I've actually seen them at Borgata before. With my wife, we loved it. Uh, their Christmas album is excellent. I recommend it if you are looking for some Christmas music. They are doing a holiday slash Motown slash jukebox show on December 9th and 10th at the Borgata. 
And for 35,000 loyalty points, which is like next to nothing, I mean, you can earn that in a month on my Vegas. Uh, I got two free tickets. So I gladly cashed in my loyalty points on my Vegas, got a couple of tickets to this. And so I'm booked and we're going uh, unless something happens last minute, which hopefully it will not. So knock on wood for me right now, if you're near any of that. <laughs> and uh, so I'm excited. I'm excited to go to the show because I, I really like human nature. And right now we are booked in Harrah's. So we kind of weighed our options. I mentioned that showboat was a real option because for a little while it was 127 bucks. I think it came out to like 145 after taxes and fees. Uh, Claridge was actually right around that range also. And so I asked in the Facebook group if anybody had stayed in Claridge since the update. People were pretty... Uh, not Pe- people were very positive about Claridge. Yes. I wouldn't say they were effusive, but they said the rooms were, were at least okay. We're in a decent to good since the renovation, and that the staff was great. Um, I mean, our room was, was terrible, right, when we went? I'm not, like, misremembering that. Oh, no, no, it was awful. Uh, yeah. But I think they've done a lot to the rooms. I think they sort of opened having not done a whole lot. Like, I think they had done the lobby, but not a whole lot to the rooms, and so they're still sort of – their ratings are kind of dragged down by that. But uh, it seems like before this most recent summer – so before summer 2016, they did a lot to the rooms, and the rooms are better. They're still small. I mean, they're small rooms because the building opened in, like, 1930 or 31 or something like that. But uh, So I was I was kind of excited, actually, about staying in Claridge. But logistically, it just made more sense to stay at the in the marina because we're going to a show at Borgata. We're, we have reservations for dinner at Borgata before the show at Izakaya. Uh, have you ever been to Izakaya, Kyle? Uh, so it's a Japanese – so is a, an izakaya is like a Japanese pub, I guess, which I didn't know until I looked it up. Uh, uh, so it's it's off the casino floor in Borgata. It's, it's interesting because it's one of those places on Yelp that's sort of like good, not great reviews. But all the recent reviews are really good, so I'm, I'm optimistic, although I think I said the same thing when I argued that we should go to Gordon Ramsay Pub and Grill, and we know how that turned out if you listened to our trip report a couple episodes ago. People, everyone in the Facebook group seems to think that it's good, though. So that Gordon, we might just be in the minority. That Gordon Ramsay is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I haven't heard anything in the Facebook group about Izakaya. Uh, if you think it's a good choice or if you have dish recommendations or if you think it's a terrible choice and I should cancel my reservation, uh, feel free to voice that opinion. And so I'm sort of can – I, Can I say just quickly? Go can for I it. jump in? Jump like, in. How much – I mean you're, you're not going to walk – from Harris to Borgata, right? So, like, right. how much of a difference does it really make if you stay in the marina versus on the boardwalk? Right. So, so let's talk about that. Uh, I mean, I think it does make a difference just because the show's going to end at like ten something, and and getting back early is or getting back to sort of your home base after that, and sort of having the option to stay at Borgata longer if you want is nice. I mean, you always have that option, but, but you can do that anyway, right? Yeah, but it's kind of like knowing that you're close. I think there's something about that that's nice. I don't get it. Um, that doesn't surprise me that you don't get it. Uh, so, so let's so let's run down sort of the thought process here. Uh, mm-hmm. So, total rewards. Well, here the big reason that I booked Harris is because it was one hundred ninety three dollars after all taxes and fees on total rewards, and it's a refundable room. So, if I had booked Claridge, it would have been one hundred and forty nine. I think. Before taxes and fees, which their taxes and fee, their fee is low. Like I, they don't have a resort fee, I don't think. And but it's not a refundable room, so I could have booked it with credit card points for way cheaper than that. Like cheaper in quotes because like what's the mon- it depends how you value the points. Um, so I could have gotten it for like you know a thousand credit card points plus tax, and you know basically costing me almost nothing. But it was non refundable. So the reason I booked the refundable room is because I'm holding out this hope, probably stupidly, that Harris will go to Compt and I'll just call up and say, hey, change my my rate. And so that is – like I'm booked for something now and I, it's very easy with total rewards. One of the big advantages of total rewards is that you can just call up and say, 
hey, I booked this. It was 123 bucks plus taxes and fees or whatever it was, $141. And now it's free, so make it free. And they do it. Uh, so I, I can't remember the last time I've stayed at a Total Rewards property that I booked myself and did not call at some point and change the rate. And as soon as we end this recording, I'm going to check the room rate and see if I need to call and change it. Um, so that's the big reason that I booked it ahead of time. Right now, it's still, if not the cheapest sort of viable option, it's only like a few bucks more than the Claridge and resorts and, I don't know, like Fantasy and the Sheridan and the Marriott and all that stuff. Uh, so, so that's kind of where I'm at and why I booked it. Uh, I think right now you're sending me that you're just comped everywhere yeah. this weekend, uh, which I don't. <laughs> just ap- had to, I don't, had to rub that don't appreciate. Uh, <laughs> I, I am comped at Harris this weekend. So. Um, I am not. So suck it, Craig. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I could be helpful. Uh, boy. Uh, so if you, <laughs> Kyle, just g Google chatted me an image of his rate calendar showing me that he's comped at Harris, but I am not. I don't have that option. So so let's talk about the other end of the spectrum. So you're saying like it would be it's if it's cheaper stay at the Claridge. The other end of yeah. that is I'm going to show at Borgata. Got mm-hmm. got dinner reservations at Borgata. I have mm-hmm. a comp buffet for two at Borgata that I can use anytime I want in December. Sure. Uh so isn't it worth extra money? to stay at Borgata, which is where I will be doing the majority of my stuff on this one night trip. Totally. That, that makes sense. I think, I think staying, if you want to pay extra and stay in Borgata, that makes perfect sense. Staying in Harris gets you almost nothing over staying on the boardwalk. It's, cl- it's closer. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. It's like a five minute shorter drive. You can, if that you can walk it one way though. You you I, and you absolutely can. If it was me, I would. But uh, you and Andrea are not walking from Harris to Borgata. Sure, we we've done it in the past. We would walk. Are you going to do it? We might do it. We probably do it on the way there, then cab on the way back when we're yeah. like drinking. Okay, I mean, if you're going to do that, then it's it's worth something. So let's let's talk about this in a little more depth and just mm-hmm. bore everyone to tears. Um, but it, our friend Andy and and my brother will be excited about this conversation because they're. The two people who I've been having it with. And I'm interested if anybody else wants to weigh in, go to the – I should post a poll really on the Facebook group. So Borgata is $359 uh, right now for a basic Borgata room. I actually – when I'm logged into Borgata to, to my Borgata Rewards and I go to my calendar, it does the thing that Total Rewards does sometimes, which is that it just tells me to change my room choice. And any room choice I choose, it says it's – change room choice. If I am logged out, it gives me the option to book a room for $359. So why it does not just tell me that it's $359, it makes no sense. The funnier thing about that is that when you see that it's $359 when you're logged out, at the bottom in the small print, it says, you must be a My Borgata Rewards member to book this rate. You have to show your My Borgata Rewards card at the desk. (laughs) So like, you have to be a My Borgata Rewards member but like, but not, you can't be not me as a my brother. So my brother, like I explained this to my brother, and he's like, "So you're just like not allowed to go?" And I was like, "No, I I can book it. Like I can book the room and go and show my card, but I can't book it through like my offer." I did figure out that there's a way to do it through even when I'm logged in, I can do it, but I wouldn't do that anyway. So I would book it through Chase, which is. I have the Chase Sapphire Reserve card, which if you've listened to 88 Days to Macau, they've mentioned several times. Um, And so with that card, you can book with points, and the points are credited as like 1.5 cents per point. So it's like a pretty decent discount on a room um, because the points are worth one cent cash back. So that's sort of the cash value of the points. So I get for 24,000-something points and $70 in taxes and fees because you can't pay for that in points. I can get this room at Borgata, the basic room at Borgata. So if you value those points, if you say that the cash value is a cent, then that's basically $310 for the room versus 193. Andy says that I'm devaluing my points by doing that (laughs) because 
they're worth 1.5 cents on other travel so I could just save those points and book other travel elsewhere and so I'm still paying $430 for the room I don't mm. quite I, I don't think I can quite make that argument like the points have to be used on travel right like to get 1.5 this right. is travel are so, you necessarily going to be doing something else where you can use it I mean, I like a better rate. It's not a better rate. It's always 1.5. Well, are you going to be, I, I guess it's just like what your marginal cost of using it now versus some other time is, right? Like what other travel are you going to be doing in the next however long you have to use these points? Right. So, I mean, I have like infinite time to use the points, but the, oh, so the actual infinite I mean, until I cancel the card. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, I mean, the argument is, I guess, like, would I have spent this money otherwise, right? Like, what would I have booked this room otherwise? Because if I was going to book the room anyway, then yes, it obviously makes sense to use the points. If I right. was not going to book the room, then it doesn't. Right. That makes some sense. If you have infinite time to spend the points, I think that's probably the right way to look at it. Uh, so that's Andy's take. Um you know, the Harris room, like I said, Marina Tower, for what it's worth, is $193. And so Andy was saying, like, well, you're paying $70 in cash to stay at Borgata. You're paying 193 at Harris. So you're valuing 24,000 points at $123. That doesn't make any sense. That's because... not true at all, though, because staying at Borgata and staying at Harris is totally different. So that was what I said. Is that Yeah, that's, that's, that's a preposterous statement. <laughs> so so Mar- Marina Tower at Harris... Right, is is just not as nice as anything at Borgata. Like, it's Correct. the second worst tower at Harris. Uh, I right. did pay $5 extra to not stay in the Harbor Tower, which is where I had the shower that didn't drain in one of our first episodes. I think I mentioned that. But Yes. Uh, so, I don't, so, so if it was you and you had the mm-hmm. option to pay some loyalty points, basically, and $70 in cash to stay at Borgata, or to pay $193 and stay at Harrah's in the Marina Tower, which would you choose? And it's me and my wife going? Yes. Yeah, of course. I'd probably stay at Borgata. Really? I'm shocked. I thought I mean, 100% It's like I my thought. wife's favorite place to stay. She loves the spa there. She'd go to the spa. Um, wow. I really thought you were going to say Harrah's. No. Interesting. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't have the same context that you do of, of what these loyalty points are really worth to you but yeah i mean i so i've always based my math on one cent cash back because that is the cash value of the points like that's mm-hmm. what i can cash them out and so at 310 effectively like 240 dollars in points and 70 dollars in cash so it's 117 dollars difference that's mm-hmm. really close for me like that's really at the tipping point mm-hmm. of like it's maybe worth it to spend that much extra to stay at Borgata versus Harris. If, if it came down 50 bucks, it would be a no brainer. Right. The flip side of that is the more likely thing to happen is that Harris will drop. To, if, to, if, to nothing. if I, if I had show tickets at Borgata, dinner reservations at Borgata, lunch plans at Borgata, and it was $117 difference, I would stay at Borgata. Interesting. You're making me rethink making me rethink so so i don't know i mean i think the reason again the reason i booked the harris room is because it's so easy to alter the reservation to any new yeah, rating yeah, yeah. updates so so i have time like i can make the change yeah no you can cancel up until wednesday or whatever right right free cancellation 48 hours so i i'm going saturday just one night thursday. so i can cancel yeah. thursday by like thursday afternoon uh so you know i'll just keep an eye on the rate i'll keep an eye on the borgata rate one thing that happened that I just missed out on, and I'm pretty pissed about this, um, is that uh, somebody in the Facebook group posted that my Vegas added some room rewards at Borgata. Uh, and this included next weekend and the weekend after. And it was not just one night. It was two nights, which I don't know if I could convince the in-laws to go an extra day. Uh, so Terry in the Facebook group posted this. That beyond just the uh, human nature show, there is a hundred or for there's a ten thousand loyalty points, which is like nothing. Overnight stay 
for a few select like Sunday through Thursday nights for mm-hmm. 400,000 loyalty points, which is a lot, but I have 700,000 and I don't use them on anything. You can get a two night stay either this weekend or next weekend. And for 750,000 points, you can get New Year's Eve. So the 400,000 points, two night stay, $100 dining credit, $50 in slot dollars or match play, it is sold out. And so is the New Year's Eve thing. So I don't know mm-hmm. if they're going to add more. Like a lot of the, the My Vegas rewards sort of regenerate overnight. Um, I have a feeling that I've just missed it and I'm sad because once you add like 400,000 400, points, like I paid nothing to accrue those points. I run My Vegas in the background while I'm at work. Like that means nothing to me. And especially when you add in the $100 dining credit, like, yeah, that's, no. yeah, it makes. A lot of real value, even if I just, like, called up and said, like, hey, I don't even need that Friday, but I'll still pay 400,000 points. (laughs) Just give me the Saturday. Uh, Right. So if that opens up, I'll definitely change it. So I'm sad about that. But uh, honestly, if if for whatever reason you choose not to do Borg or, like, I chose not to do Borg, I'd also look into the boardwalk because I could probably get resorts or trop for super cheap as well. So right now, Trop is not a very good deal for me. Um, or I haven't called resorts yet. Like, I haven't even called mm-hmm. resorts. So maybe I should do that and, and see what the rate is. Um, my sort of default thinking has been, like, do I really want to stay at resorts with my wife? But I guess if the room's cheap enough and I can $20 trick to that huge room that you got, then, like, yeah, yep. it's, it's probably worth it. Yep. So... The next show, we'll certainly have a trip report where I'll talk all about what I actually did. Um, a trip report about how you stayed at home on <laughs> Saturday night with your sick dog or something. Yeah, and didn't actually go to Atlantic City. Yeah. But no, right now the plan is a week from now I'll be in Atlantic City, which I'm very excited about. And I'm excited about the show. So uh, if you have anything to weigh in on this decision, I will gladly accept your feedback your criticism calling me crazy for booking harrah's calling me crazy for not looking into resorts or whatever uh very welcome so you can do that at facebook.com slash groups slash do for a win i may or may not post a poll about it uh we'll see if i remember um but are we ready to close this thing out do you have any last thoughts before we go no, I, I'm jealous here on AC. Yeah, it'd be pretty sweet. It came together very sort of last minute, and it's maybe the most spontaneous sort of vacationing I've done. And so I'm very happy about it because I thought, like, this date we had in mind, it seemed like it fell through. January we had in mind, it seemed like it fell through, and it seemed like we were going to be waiting a long time. But no, now we're waiting a very short time. So did you just do it because you could get these tickets to the show? Yes, I was I was specifically hoping to go to the show. So it's mm. we I saw that it went up on my Vegas and I started sort of putting the wheels in motion for how to how to get there next weekend and and it ended up working out. Cool. Yeah, I'm pumped. Sweet. Yeah, that's my probably that's my final pro- thoughts. Probably won't gamble much at all and and totally screw all my comps. But you'll use your card for the two seconds you do gamble. Right. So actually one of the things that I mentioned was the possibility of sort of going if I did stay at Borgata and book through Chase, like not using my card for anything, but I don't know if mm-hmm. they would like put two and two together anyway and sort of be like, Hey, this right. guy stayed here and didn't gamble at all. No, I don't think so. Really? Really? If you didn't use your Borgata card for gambling. Yeah. I mean, so the, my Vegas is connected to your Borgata card, but even that, like I, I don't know. Uh, that is if Yeah. Because you're doing stuff through my Vegas. I don't know. It's possible. And I booked the d- dinner reservation through my Borgata. Yeah. Mistake. Hall mistakes. I'll never get comps again at Borgata. I thought you already got your no comps oh, from yeah. your last trip. I'll reject so... it. I, my rates suck at Borgata now. Uh-huh. Yeah, so it's just All my right, Vegas or nothing from now on yeah. for me. But it's cool that they've added some good stuff through my Vegas. Sweet. So you yeah. should start playing that on the Facebook. Uh, no. No, you're not going to do that? No. Okay. Well, let's wrap this up. Things then. to do than, than play Facebook games, like podcasts, Facebook slot machines. Yeah, I, All right, I don't. So, uh, go ahead. I was just gonna say I don't have anything better to do than play Facebook slot okay. machines. 
So uh, thank you to all of our listeners. Uh, we love hearing from you guys. So if you have anything to say, um, you can shoot us a message on Twitter at do for a win or send us questions at do for a win at gmail.com. Or you can write to us and all of the other listeners that we have on uh, facebook.com slash group slash do for a win. Uh, it's always a pretty lively time in that group. I think we're up to like 250 or something. Uh, 260. Yeah. Higher than that. I think maybe even 270. We're, yeah. we're very popular very popular 271 that's good yeah it's a good it's a good group it's fun uh you can check out all of our sweet content and features at (laughs) twofrowin.com all the articles that we post or you can find our podcast which i don't know how you're listening to this if you don't know how to find it on itunes stitcher google play search for two for a win or atlantic city and uh we will talk to you guys in a couple weeks and hopefully craig will have a little bit of a trip report for us yeah sounds good I mean, I don't think they have anything made not in either the 80s or 90s in Peanut World. So that includes the RC Cola. So it's probably not 50, but it's like probably 30. It also includes the hot dogs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They've been on that roller since like 1988. I mean, I know you love Peanut World, but realistically, like, could there be a worse store ever? I mean, it's like, here's this shit. This is like sitting in a Chinese warehouse for the last 30 years. They're selling it to us for like two cents for like a pallet full of it. Covered in asbestos Peanut World is the place that are like, yeah, give us all that shit. Yeah. Keep it coming. I love Peanut World. But if I had died and I, the first place I ended up, like I went to the light or whatever and I was like, ended up in Peanut World... My initial reaction would be like, oh my goodness, I'm in heaven. It's Atlantic City, peanut world, I love it. And then after 10 minutes, I'd be like, no, this is hell. I'm in hell. I'm stuck in peanut world forever.